Bienvenue au Tour de France Femmes. C'est la septième étape, l'Anne-Maison, col du Tourmalet. C'est à toi, Abby. Matt Denis. Abby Mickey, hello. You want to set the scene? I'd love to set the scene. We are atop the Col de Tourmalet, 2,115 meters above sea level. Uh, it's super foggy up here today, really foggy. Um, there's a TV screen that we're sort of watching the race on about, excuse me, 10 meters away. And when the fog blows in, it's pretty hard to see actually what's going on. Um, yeah, super misty on the way up. We caught a, a, a chairlift, chairlift, ski lift. Yeah, chairlift. Chairlift on the way up, and that was terrifying uh, into the mist. Um, but yeah, I'd say the vibes are good, to use a, a totally overused uh, phrase. Uh, we're retiring the word vibes after this week. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, we're watching Annemiek van Vluten and Demi Vollering refuse to work with each other on the descent off the Coldas van. Um, watching Cassini Wadoma descend away to lead the race, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, I'd say we're all set for a really interesting finale. Yeah, I don't. You can probably hear the music um, bumping up here at the top. There's a good amount of people. There's a lot of people at the finish line, which is super exciting. A ton of people in the uh, La Manche village down. La Mangie. La Mangie. In La Mangie, the village down the hill a little bit. So I think I'm pretty impressed with the turnout. Yeah, it's good, and I think that there's probably more people than we realize because it's so hard to see. There's probably people hiding in the mist, I would say. Every time we were, we were walking down the course before, in every corner we turned, there'd be someone that would just like pop up out of the mist suddenly. Uh, so yeah, I imagine there's more than we expected. Uh, and also, more will still be coming up. I think there's people riding their bikes up from both sides here, and uh, it'll keep building in the last 20 k's of the stage. It was hilarious when we got off the chairlift. We couldn't see where the finish actually was. You just kind of had to follow the sound of Queen. The mist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Follow, follow the noise. Right now in the race, it's it's pretty interesting actually. I think SC Works tactics again for the seventh stage in a row leaves something to be desired. Okay, that's unfair. The first stage was good, but um, what we just saw was Kashini Wadoma attacking on the descent. Totally standard move from her. She's an incredible descender. She actually won uh, the Tour of the Ardèche in 2018 by descending away from everybody. I was there. I was going to say, you're in that race, right? Yeah, she descended away from me. <laughs> um, and she's doing it again right now, obviously on a much bigger stage than that race. And behind her, she went away with Van Vluten and Vollering, the two favorites for the race. In incredible ride for her to hold on to those two. Van Vluten attacked with 5K to go on the cold Aspen. And then behind, there's an interesting group forming. Yeah, there's eight riders that are chasing. They're about a minute behind. Uh, Kopecky's still there, which is a really impressive ride. And then a whole bunch of the GC favorites. Mulman's there, Labus is there, Cavalli's there, Spratt. Uh, Roost is still there as well. So yeah, Vollering's got a couple of teammates behind that can help work if it all comes back together before or on the Tourmalet, which would explain maybe why she's not working, but also just go on with it, wouldn't you? She's kind of working now. So there's 18.5 kilometers to go. Cash has got 47 seconds lead on these two. But in the beginning, yeah, she she just was looking at Van Vluten. No, they're doing it again. Just kind of looking at each other. Just having a chat. Sussing each other out, having a chat in Dutch. Probably something super blunt, like <laughs> that would hurt other people's feelings. But because they're Dutch, like <laughs> they've got... <laughs> TV? No, no. No. Not, not TV. Uh, podcast. Podcast. New, new Internet. era radio. Yeah. <laughs> We're making friends. Yeah. Got some fans up on the hill. Um, you have fans everywhere, though. That's, that's what we've established this no, week. We you keep telling me that you don't, but everywhere we go, people know who you are, riders, no. people around the race. You're a celebrity. It was kind of maybe one of the highlights of the week for me yesterday when in the press room I was waiting to say congrats to Emma and she just gave me a massive hug. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's a good one. What's your highlight been this week? Oh, that's a good question. I think this is pretty cool. I was I was looking forward to the Tourmalet and I am really happy to be up here again. It's it's a pretty amazing place with a lot of bike racing history and I yeah, looking forward to the last 17k to see how this all plays out. Ask me what my highlight has been. 
what's your highlight been? Apart from the hug from him in Norskard yesterday. I said that was one of my highlights. Oh. But my number one highlight has been seeing Sarah Poitavin every day. Yeah, my old teammate. Yeah, she was on the attack today. And she's just one of those people that is just an absolute gem. I didn't realize how much I missed her until I saw her every morning of this, <laughs> this week. <laughs> um, so Demi and Van Vluten are about to be brought back by this group with Marlon Rusa chasing on the front. I just, I just... Yeah. I mean, we're going to look a little bit silly if Rusa ends up dragging uh, Volering all the way to the top and they win the stage and the race, but yeah, it's maybe a bit more defensive than they needed to be. I don't know. What would I know? It is, um... It's interesting recording this this chunk of the episode and not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. It's exciting. People like will it. actually know if we know what we're talking about or <laughs> we're just like really don't know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. We're going to sound real dumb or really smart. I don't know. Uh, um, how much of a gap does Cassie need at the bottom of the Tourmalet to win the stage? She's got a minute now as they're just turning onto the climb now. As she's turning onto the climb now, rather. I think based on how she just climbed the cold Aspen, I, they weren't, it didn't look like Van Vluten and Vollering were going full gas at that point. No. So, and she, but Kasha looked really good. She pulled through a couple times and was able to attack over the top. I think she would need a minute 40 to win. Yeah. I was going to say two minutes. Yeah, it's such a hard climb. I mean, she's a great climber, obviously, um, but it's a long cl climb, it's a hard climb. And, uh, oh, look, here's Rusa doing Rusa things. Yeah, but now Ash is in the mix. Ashley Molman-Passio was dropped in the on the cold Aspen, and now she's hanging tight on Volering's wheel. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, just pacing herself nicely as Cavalli goes out the back. That's a shame. And the fog ro rolls in, and we can't see a, a dang <laughs> thing on this screen. <laughs> I think the finish line photos could be pretty cool today. Uh, or maybe they won't. Maybe we won't see the riders at all. <laughs> or maybe it'll just be nothing. Be like that Jay Vine stage win in the Vuelta last year, was it? Where you, you just, just couldn't, couldn't, see, couldn't see him at all. Like, congratulations, you have no photos to celebrate your victory. Did it actually happen? Yeah, that's right. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's us for right now. I think we can put the recorder away, enjoy the scenery a little bit, watch the race, and we'll be back. Talk about Probably how wrong on we were. the walk down, <laughs> <laughs> on the 4K walk to the press center. Let's do How's it. Your, how are your shoes? My shoes are great. Yep. Legs My are tired. My shoes though. are cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, you're not Matt. <laughs> you, you're good. You've just seamlessly snuck a microphone into my hand, made me jog up the mountains a little bit, and, and it, here we are. <laughs> All right. Rebecca, Bex, Charlton. <laughs> Didn't we decide Bex was more fun last time? Yeah, I, was on I like the pod. Bex. I like it. I feel like it fits your bubbly, bubbly nature. Oh, thank you. And still bubbly after walking several kilometers up the Tourmalade. <laughs> yeah, what's up with you and Cheerless? Um, to be honest, it's, it's not the height thing they just look so rickety in general and um i've seen bridget jones too many many times and i i just i just couldn't do it to myself today okay fair enough do you want to try to explain what sd works is doing <laughs> oh thank you thank you for throwing me in with just a, a small question just an easy one just a easy small one, little yeah. cameo today on, on your podcast yeah. um oh it's been absolutely fascinating i know we roll out the cliches of how unpredictable everything is but goodness me um, so we saw Kasia Nivadoma press on on the descent and Gab Annemiek van Vluten and Demi Vollering but then when we saw the camera camera cut back to yeah Vollering and van Vluten they're flicking elbows at each other communicating a lot saying come on come on from home said come that and uh, van Vluten break checked yeah Vollering oh I didn't see that I didn't see that give her a little love tap did you see that no did I missed see it this? Well, we know for sure they both sat up and Kashin Yivadoma got word that they'd sat up and absolutely drove and got aero and put absolutely everything into getting that gap higher and she's increased that gap. And then they've gone back to the group of Lotte Kebeki, the yellow jersey group that was behind.
Reigns. They're back together as one group and Kasia is pressing on at the front. So I asked the question, we always ask, if, if people play games, if people do the cat and mouse too early, can they can they give that win away? Yeah. And Kasia took full advantage to go at that point. I mean, honestly, though, if if Kasia is to win with a gutsy move, it, it really attracts with this Tour de France, doesn't it? I mean, I'm so endeared by Kasia. I'm very happy at the moment to see her taking advantage of this. But it's also making for a very, very exciting bike race, isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting that basically what happened was Vollering wanted to sit up and wait for her teammates to rejoin Kopecky, obviously, in yellow and Marlon Rooster. Marlon Rooster put in a huge dig, brought Kasia up to seven seconds gap, and then blue, and now the gap's out to 44 seconds. So by Vollering playing this game and sitting and, like, not working with Van Vluten, she might have just given this whole race away? Absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. And I'm trying to see how many K to go. The mist, oh, it's heavy, heavy weather up here. We haven't got much visibility. So, oh, well, you're... you're your vision or contact yeah, lenses are a lot 7. better than mine. Um, yeah, coming up to seven kilometers to go. And yeah, I absolutely think that could be what we're seeing play out here. This day is so, so crucial. We've had all eyes on it for Demi Vollering. And um, this, this is just proving to be fascinating. And Kasia is, yeah, she's increasing that gap. Again, it's up to 44 seconds. What's really interesting to me is what's going on in this group behind because Demi's not working. Like, Kopecky's sitting on the back. Demi's not working. Van Vluten doesn't have Leona Lippert anymore. It's really just attacks going from Juliette Labus. So, Kasia's like, she's basically riding steady, and the other group is going faster, going slower, going faster, going slower. And we know that that doesn't work in a chase. And this is yeah. this is on a climb, so it's a different game. But the way that I'm looking at it right now, like, she's riding herself into yellow right now. I agree. I might and, be willing it to happen. And and this is but this is not just ah uh, you know there's there's a rider out front that we can ignore a little bit and play our games. This is Kasia Nuvadoma. We know how she can climb. Yep. And she is looking in a very very healthy position right now. And the and the thing about Kasia is that she's incredibly strong. But the thing that has limited the amount of wins that she's had since she won that Amso Gold in 2019 is yeah. that she has a hard time getting away. Yeah. Once she gets away, it's game on, but usually she can't get away because she's so marked, but they've they've let her ride up the road at this point. Exactly that. Exactly that. I'm just going to basically stand here and, and nod and agree frantically with you because you're absolutely calling it. And this is the thing. We often, well, I, I say we, I'm sure you do as much as I do, but I often champion Kasia. I just will her tactically to, to get that advantage get that opportunity because we know how strong she is she we know what a solid smooth rider she is but it is all about taking that opportunity and she's that's exactly what she's done right now and the more this group look at each other the more they try and focus purely on the tactical game between Van Vloot and Vollering the more Kasia is going to gain up the road and that makes actually that if 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 she wins it's still seven kilometers to go so it's still a ways and by the time you're listening to this podcast you'll know what happened but if Kasia wins this stage and she goes into the time trial in yellow, the time trial is a lot more interesting than it was if Van Vluten or Vollering were to win today. <laughs> well, it's a little bit exciting. <laughs> also, my nemesis just went by on a scooter. I don't know if- Who? You... Who's your nemesis? Okay, so you know how there's always like one security guy that he just picks <laughs> on you all week? I think he near, I think that's the same guy that nearly ran me over on stage two on his. Um, I was going to say Segway, he, but it's like a e-scooter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's rapid. He, every single time I try to get into the to the like press zone, he's like, no, 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 it's not possible, no, no. <laughs> Well, what happened earlier is I don't know if it was the same security guy, um, but he said, no, no, not possible to me, and then let my co-host Danny straight through. I know, he always like, What did we do? What did we do? It's something about our hair. I think it's the, the frizz factor. Our hair's too big to get into the mix zone. It will take out other journalists, and it's not possible. But I can see that you're about to start recording. So have you, don't stop me. Don't stop me, because I need to get a shameless plug-in for the fact that I am also, as well as be, being with you, no. Nope.
Matt Deneef. Hello, we're back. Do you want to start the scene? We are walking down the last kilometres of the Col de Tourmalet. Um, we can see about 10 metres in front of us, I think. It feels like it's raining, but it's not. Our face is just getting wet because we're in a cloud. We've got riders coming down the hill, people coming up the hill still. Cars got honking somewhere. Somewhere down the hill we can't see. We've got. What the, time is it, Matt? Uh, it's, oh, it's 8 o'clock at night and we haven't started work for the day, so it's going to be a late one. Oh my God. <laughs> <gasps> this is going to be one of those days that we just need to like get through it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we still have, we each have a story to write. I've tasked two to myself, a podcast to make and a podcast to edit. And at some point we need to eat and you, get to our hotel. You weren't playing to sleep tonight, were you? <laughs> and walk three kilometers back to the car. <laughs> awesome, awesome day. Um, do you want to explain what happened since we last recorded? Now, the last time that the there was a podcast being recorded, it was myself and a guest unknown who just like threw herself in front of the microphone, uh, talking about how Kashinu Adoma, after Marlon Rooster pulled off the front of that group. Gained a lot of time back. And then, what did we see? Well, we saw with about five kilometers to go, uh, Demi Vollering had had enough. And she decided she was going to attack. And uh, it took probably 200 meters on the road, and then she was on her own. And that was really it. It was kind of, the race exploded. She she caught up to Cassia really quickly and blew straight past her. Um, and then behind them, there was a, a, just a fight for, for third on the stage. So Vollering held on for the win. Um, Neodoma second, two minutes behind, basically. And then Van Vluten and Ashley Moorman Passio in a, a tussle for third ended up with Van Vluten taking third there. Yep. And the, the interesting one, something that just to kind of go back to that chase that didn't happen... There was no chase. It was just kind of everyone riding together at a solid pace with Kasia going pretty much the same pace up ahead of them. And Juliette Labousse just continuously attacking. I think you counted five Five attacks, attacks, yeah. Um, Which wasn't slowing the group down, but also wasn't speeding it up. Yeah, it just took the impetus out of it. And yeah, just yeah, didn't really do much at all. Uh, It was just, it felt like... We're being told to pull over by police here because there are Ooh, a lot of cars. Cops coming down. Yeah. Wait. Cars. We're just going to wait for a second. Yeah, we're, we're just going to stop for a second. Someone might take pity on us and pick us up. We're not sure. Um, but yeah. We're, we're going to uh, be waiting a while here, I think, if we. Uh, unless we see the human powered health van that said they would pick us up. That's okay. They're not going to see us. No, in this. no, no. Um, <laughs> Barely see a thing. The, yeah, it's really crazy how little visibility there is up here right now and also how late in the day. Um, I wanted to ask the organizers of this event why they have done this to us. Didn't get a chance. Anyway, um, yeah, there wasn't really a chase in that group. It was once Marlon Rooster was gone, it was just kind of a, a, t- a peppering of attacks from uh, Juliette Labousse, who I think still had an amazing ride, even though she didn't. Um, she was dropped pretty much as soon as Demi attacked, but so was everybody. Yeah, yeah, it just really blew up there, and Labousse held on for fifth on the stage. But if you look at the time gaps on the day, it was just, you know, riders just on their own nobody came through in a in you know with anybody else really until you get 13 or 14 spaces down the places down the leaderboard so uh yeah just after a decent sized group there was chasing neodoma it just kind of blew up and uh yeah riders are just on their limit doing what they could to get up here as quick as they could and demi has now taken the yellow jersey but can we talk about how incredible the yellow jersey rode today? Oh, man. Um, yeah, Kopecky just was always there. She just hung on at the back of that chase group, uh, didn't do any work at all. And why would you when you've got Rooster at the front doing the work and Vollering, you know, as your GC leader? Um, yeah, Kopecky just hung tight and was there till, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but well, well up the Tourmalet. And uh, ended up finishing, well, where is she? 
20th on the stage, no? Uh, I'll have to have to check this. I can't see exactly right now, but uh, in the fog, in the fog. yeah, see can't see my fog. phone. Uh, no, she had a very strong ride, and um, yeah, every time I expected her to be dropped, she just managed to to, to stick around a bit longer. And uh, we knew she was climbing well; she's been climbing well for a while. But that was um, definitely the best climbing effort I've seen from her. Yeah, I think she she did the yellow jersey proud. She did Belgium proud. She had quite the quite the race and tomorrow's still a good day for her she's an incredible time trialist so i think kopecky may walk away from this race as <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a weird sound that came out of my mouth as um one of the strongest definitely one of the strongest riders of this race she only won one stage but it's still just every every day she was strong every day she surprised and today was no different. Yeah, and just looking at the results here now, I couldn't see her because I was looking too far down the uh, the result sheet. She finished on in sixth on the day, sixth place, three minutes thirty-two down, ahead of Anna Santesteban, Marta Cavalli, Cecily Ludwig, Amanda Spratt, bunch of very good climbers there, and uh, yeah, Kapeki's put a good chunk of time into them. So that's a really really strong ride, and she's still now in fourth overall, which I think at oh, the start. Man. I think at the start of the tour, if you'd said uh, she could be fourth overall, Dawn she would love that. Dawn Patrol's been here. <laughs> <laughs> Might need some context on that one, I think. There's a group of people that um, drive up the climbs before the race to paint over all the penises that have been ridden, <laughs> that have been spray painted on the road. Yeah, and you just saw some of those on the road there? They didn't do a great job of covering mm. those up. Okay. Maybe we can give them some feedback. Also, I don't know what penises those people are looking at. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked about Kapeki. Should we talk about Van Vluten? Yeah. She just didn't have it today, did she? We thought that we would get a really close battle between those two, between Vollering and Van Vluten, but it just didn't really, uh, didn't really eventuate today. Um, yeah, when Demi made her move with five and a half k's to go, no one could follow her, and certainly not Van Vluten, who ended up what two two and a half minutes down on the stage. Uh, yeah, two minutes thirty four behind Vollering, which is a massive gap. I don't think many people would have predicted that sort of separation today. Yeah, and um, at the finish, she was quite emotional. Actually, she was crying, holding, being held very tightly by. Somebody, one of the Movistar um, managers, or possibly just a person in a Movistar jacket, um, which I have never seen that kind of emotion from her. I think she's she's always like a very gracious loser, and she, especially this year, she has been just so upbeat. But even in years previously, when she loses, she just. She she says, oh, the race wasn't hard enough for me. Fair, like she needs a really, she excels at a really hard race. But today, to be fair, haven't seen her interviews yet because we've been like running around the finish like headless chickens trying to talk to just absolutely cooked <laughs> riders that are just soaking wet in cloud mist. Um, but she... She seemed really upset. Yeah, I, I actually missed that. I, I saw her probably a minute or two after that. And by the time I saw her, she was in the middle of a of the biggest media scrum that I've seen so far this week. Um, she was on her trainer cooling down uh, and surrounded by probably 20 or 30 people uh, with microphones in her face. And so I was... Uh, whoa. Whoa. They need whistles. Oh, this is our ride. <laughs> Let's see if we can get in. Hi. Okay, Matt and I are going to pick this up um, a little bit later because we're now in a van with a bunch of strangers. Uh, you want to be on the podcast? What did you think of today? Look, horrific. All of the riders were just in like oxygen jet debt for the entire, like, after the stage, having to push them up. I'm appalling at pushing riders. So I had Eriyonamine, bless her the most polite person on the planet, apologizing to me because she was falling over. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, not ideal. But yeah, hopefully we'll uh, have dinner by 11 p.m. tonight. It's, yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's a long day. For the riders, it's a long day. For the staff, today is not gonna be a fun day. 
No, not at all. <laughs> we uh, like why they have it so late. We don't know, but uh, like we were just sort of twiddling our thumbs in our hotel room until one in the afternoon, and then anyway, that's what they decided. And it's uh, been brutal, but yeah. Do the riders even get massages at this point? Like they're not going to get to the hotel until nine o'clock at dinner and everything. So do you still do you still do the massages and everything? They'll still get the massages. Yeah, it's pretty integral for them to get the massages yeah. if they didn't if they don't get that then yeah it won't be good they really need that yeah of course i i mean i've definitely been in races where it ended this late and our our swanee was just like i'll do morning massages because <laughs> it was just brutal <laughs> i think it was maybe uh in the uk one of the women's tour oh, stages yeah. was really late but um i it's just I can't imagine what you guys are going to have to do the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I'm just doing the press and the social media. So I just sort of get in the way, just sort of sit back. Yeah. It's sort of relaxing. Yeah. Sarah does all the driving and then does all the massaging and all of that. It's great. I just sort of chill out. You know, it's great. No, I do help her. Well, at least I try. <laughs> but as I say, that's often getting in the way. Yeah. Good at navigating, are you? Yeah. But we get, we get uh, Velovia. So that's quite useful. We get the, like the official ways around the race and stuff like that. So totally. it's it's quite easy. Should we say where we are and oh, who we're, we're speaking to? Yeah. So we're talking to Tim, one of the employees of the Human Powered Health team. We're sitting in the Human Powered Health van. Thank God. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, still going down this mountain to the press room. Uh, we had like 3K left when we got picked up. So heroes all thank of you. you thank you yeah we'll pick it up in a little bit so the magic of editing we'll be back in just a second matt we're back we're back okay so we're out of the human powered health van they incredibly kindly drove us like two kilometers down the mountain that was awesome we still have to record the rest of this pod so we jumped out early in order to talk more okay so we talked we when we we're picked up in the van we were talking about Anamik Van Vluten. This is going to be hard for her to stomach, I think. She's always been, she's been a very gracious loser previously, but I think this race is one that she really wanted to win this year. Yeah, yeah, this one will sting for sure. Um, what I was gonna say before, before we got so rudely interrupted, was, uh, <laughs> was that, um, yeah, by the time she was on the trainer there um, talking to the press, she she seemed actually really happy, really upbeat. She was um, smiling. Uh, I'm sure she's obviously hurting um, the fact that she wasn't able to get the win today, but uh, maybe she's just really good at, at putting on a smile as well. I don't know, but she seemed reasonably upbeat compared to what I thought she might be. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how she'll be tomorrow, how she'll feel and... Um, what her reflections will be after the race as well because you know in the moments after the tourmalet you know she all, all she could have done was go as hard as she could today and there's not much more she she could have done in that moment so yeah once she's had a bit of time I'll be keen to hear what she says for sure what is the time gap in the general classification before the time trial tomorrow that's a very good question uh, I'm glad you asked um, you just need to, to fill some air here for me while I find out. Can we just talk about how lovely it was hanging out at the top of the Tourmalet with a ton of incredible journalists? I just really, really quickly want to thank Bex for jumping on this podcast. You can find more of her voice at the Vox Women podcast. I'm not afraid to plug other podcasts. <laughs> the more the merrier, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, we are one of four podcasts doing daily podcasts, and there's no competition here. I love every single person that hosts the other three podcasts, and I'm happy that there's so much coverage of the women's Peloton. So, yeah, if you're listening to all those podcasts, I'm, I'm so happy. And I'm really happy that we had to, we got some crossover because I just love her. Yeah, she's a good one. We need some Amy on the podcast. We'll we get do. her tomorrow. So the gaps in the GC. Uh, Volering leading. Niwidoma, one minute 50 behind in second overall. 
Van Vluten third at 2.28, Kopecky fourth at 2.35, Ash Moulin-Pastier 2.39, and then there's a bit of a gap. Um, okay, so Ash Moulin-Pastier is 10 seconds out of the podium. Yeah, 11, 11 seconds off the podium, yeah, very close. And Kashini Wadoma has a 38-second buffer before the time trial? Yep, over Van Vluten, that's right. So... I think we'll talk about tomorrow in a minute, but that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would probably expect Van Vluten to take 38 seconds off Kasia in the time trial, would be my guess. It's I not said we'd talk about it tomorrow. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're right. I got excited. No, you're right, though. I think that that's maybe not um, not the size of buffer that Kasia needs before the time trial tomorrow. The, the other point there is that uh, is only 45 seconds behind the Udoma. So if she can find a way to pull 45 seconds back, she's probably going to end up on the overall podium, which would be a remarkable result if she can achieve that. So, yeah, look to her to put in a big ride tomorrow. She, As we said before, her ride in the yellow jersey today was something very special, and I think the prospect of a, a podium to go with stage win in six days in yellow and green jerseys as well, I think, uh, will, will be very motivating for her. What? on earth is this <laughs> we've had some cows walking across the road by the looks There's of it just poop everywhere <laughs> <laughs> let's throw to some audio diaries from one and only sarah Poitavent, my former teammate who was on the attack earlier in the stage she didn't get much time off the front of the peloton behind a breakaway of two before they started the cold aspen but she she definitely was up there. It was awesome to see her her getting some screen time. So let's hear from Sarah. Hey Abby. <clears throat> okay, so today was a super tough stage, and yeah, big day for GC contenders. Um, so for us, with uh, Veronica being out with injury after yesterday's crash, um, yeah, we were just basically looking for um, opportunities uh, in breakaways, basically from kilometer zero. Uh, so we had a few good attempts in a few breaks, but it just seemed like someone always missed it. So it got chased back. And then I think with about 20K before the first climb of the day, there were a couple of girls who got a gap and I made a move to try to bridge to them. But uh, yeah, didn't quite have the legs to make it over there. And also the, the lead outs into the climb were starting. So the pace in the peloton was super high. Um, yeah. And Basically, the whole peloton started the first climb together and the attacks went from there. Um, yeah, so long day with a late start and uh, yeah, tired legs all around. But uh, yeah, we really uh, enjoyed the atmosphere on the uh, on the final climb as well. Um, yeah, it was super foggy and couldn't really see much, but there was still such a massive crowd. Um, so it was awesome to see such a good turnout of fans. Um, yeah, riding so late today with a 4.15 start definitely made for quite a late night for everyone, uh, especially for all the all the staff as well. Um, but I'd say if it helps with the crowd turnout and live feed, then it's worth it. Um, how I'm feeling about the race being almost over... Um, I think, <laughs> um, yeah, just excited to, yeah, enjoy the last day tomorrow. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I guess relieved that um, the finish line is in sight. Okay, so we've talked a bit about the racing. I'm sure that there's things that we're missing, you know. <gasps> I love Westies. It's there's probably something we're missing, but it's fresh after the stage, and um, I find it harder to record podcasts like right after the race has happened because there's so much in my brain. Like, I think that we could talk for a really long time about the chase. Actually, I got a little snippet from Ira Slappendel, so I'll I'll just chuck that in right now. How was your day today? Mm, weird. Weird, weird day. What happened? Yeah, I mean, the race was weird. I felt weird. 
So, uh, yeah, but I, we do have to do analysis do quite, an quite soon, but okay. I can talk here. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it was, a, it, like, going up the span was amazing. Like, the race was on, and then I was so excited about the battle with the three of them and Nima Doma being up there. And then, yeah, of course, the whole weird mind game started. And, uh, and on one hand, I think that was super exciting that they played it like that way and that Kasia just went, which I think was very smart. Um, and in the end, yeah, it's also like 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 Anamik says, she, they were stronger. Uh, but to to look at it from behind was, I, I didn't know what to think really. So uh, yeah, that's nice actually as well. Yeah. Need to go. Iris mentioned some bizarre tactics by SC Works, <laughs> and I think we can, I think we can recap that a little bit in a in a bigger episode because I think that that is kind of an overarching theme of this tour. Yep. It did work out for them today, but yeah. But I think that, yeah. So Volering and Dunbluton sat up and waited, and you know the Rooster Group came back and. We saw her do a lot of work on the front, but ultimately it didn't really come to anything because as soon as Rosa was dropped, then the gap went back out again. And the the move that really mattered was Volering attacking with five and a half Ks to go. And I feel like she could have done that when there was when she'd been up the front of the race rather than letting it all come back together. But yeah, I don't think they lost anything today from their tactics, but it was a little strange in the moment. I, I think it's actually really interesting that move from her because... You said it earlier, but I, I kind of want to, like, dive a little bit deeper into it, that she seemed like she just got, really, we can't, nope, there's no way to pass people. Sorry, Kaylee. It's really okay. I'm leaving most of them anyway, because I think it adds this nice raw flavor to the podcast. It seemed like she just got bored in that group, and she was like, okay, now's, now I'll ride away. And she had, like tons of time like it wasn't even really there was this moment and i talked about it on a rival podcast um sorry boss kaylee you are forgiven about how cash was riding solo at the front and then there was this image of demi volering just her shadow coming from behind with the with the light of a moto like right behind her so you couldn't see her detail all you could see was this like figure coming in the, the mist, mist. Yeah. it was like something you'd read out of a book it just like was unreal and yeah. but the time it took for her to drop the group that she was with catch kasha and then be solo off the front was almost <laughs> no time at all yeah uh, you said it earlier i think but until that point she looked like she was doing it super super easy like she was just out for a cruisy sunday ride and yeah she could have gone on with it earlier on the cold band for sure decided not to and once she decided that enough was enough and that she was going to make her move then yeah that was it she was she was easily the strongest rider and yeah that was it I actually want to talk a little bit more about Kasha because I think she just had an incredible ride today. She was so gutsy with that attack that she made over the top of the cold Aspen. And when the, when the gap was coming back down to her and she only had eight seconds on that group, she kept riding. And as Ira said, it was the smartest thing that she could do because then all of a sudden she had 40 seconds again. But the the tenacity we saw from her today i think second is going to is going to really sting but i think second is going to really sting but i think she can also be really proud of the effort today and the attempt and after the race you know like demi came up to her and told her she was riding really strong Ashley Woman Passio gave her a shout out as well on the coverage. So, like, she's one of those riders that it's not just you and me that want to see her win. The mm. Peloton wants to see her win as well. Yeah, and we've talked a lot this week about how much we enjoy watching her attack, even if those attacks sometimes are a little uh, ill-timed or uh, optimistic, you might say. But today there was nothing silly about what she did you know she was one of the strongest climbers on the cold span and then when she saw an opportunity to go on with it she did and like you said rather than sitting up or doing anything silly she just rode her own tempo and 
got herself into a great position. So, yeah, just a great rider to watch and a, a super ride from her today. And um, I hope she's able to hold on for a good position by the end of the race. You know, she's, what do we say, second overall at the moment. And she well and truly deserves a podium by the end of tomorrow. Let's hear a couple more audio diaries. We have an audio diary from Vittoria Gonzini, who looked super chipper at the finish today. We did see her giving Elena Chikini a nice pat on the back. And we have an audio diary from Jess Allen, who also looked chipper. But I don't think she ever doesn't look <laughs> chipper. Like, <laughs> I don't ever want to see it because I think she's just this amazing light of a person. So let's hear from those three. Hi, Escape and Happy. We're almost at the end of this Tour de France. Uh, as we all knew, today it was a really hard stage with a, a mythical Col d'Espan and Tourmalet. Um, of course, uh, I'm happy that I made it into the time cut. Uh, if I think about where I was a few days ago, probably I wouldn't have believed it so much. And yeah. Um, I was a bit uh, nervous going into today because, uh, I mean, it was really six really hard stages and uh, I really wanted to, uh, to make it to the finish. Uh, so yeah, I just tried to manage well my efforts. Um, I tried to help Sile to be in good position before the, uh, the last corner, uh, which was bringing into the coldest pen and after. Uh, I found a gruppetto and uh, <laughs> I started my climb with them and uh, we made it into the time cut so my my goal for the day was uh, was just this. Uh, it can seem like nothing for someone but for me it means really a lot. There were a few moments during the race where I was really, I didn't believe much that I could make it to the top but after when I saw all the people on the final kilometers really they gave me the strength to continue until the finish and yeah it was also a very hard day because of the of the weather at the start it was quite warm but after yeah uh, after the downhill from the Col d'Espan and then all the climb up to the Tourmalet was uh, uh, quite cold, uh, but yeah, I didn't think too much about the weather conditions because uh, I, I was just focused to make it to the time cut. And yeah, as I said, I'm very, very happy that I could make it. Uh, now I'm still traveling to the hotel because uh, we had a long, uh, quite long uh, travel to go to Po, and uh, yeah, the stage finished very, very late. So. Uh, I hope to have a good night uh, to recover as much as possible and try to do my best in the time trial tomorrow. Of course, I don't have uh, any expectations. I just want to go full gas now. It's just like 22 k's to the finish. Uh, the worst is probably gone. And uh, yeah, we'll see tomorrow what will happen. Hey, mate. How's it going? We are just... Uh on the transfer from Col de Tourmalet to our hotel with a bit of peak hour traffic and a lot of rain. Uh, really good day for our team today on this seventh, which is super cool. Now seventh in GC. I did just send you like a three minute voice message and not press record. So a bit frustrated about that, but you get that. Um, and we've just been analyzing our training peaks and it seems that uh, I did my best ever, ever all time 60 minute and 90 minute power and I still finished 30 minutes down Georgie did her best, what did you do mate? 60, 90 for the forever and then 1 minute for the year 60, 90 ever and 1 minute for the year Arne did some best for this year but not all times um, <laughs> that's just a level we're competing against you just have to be doing your all time best to make time cut these days but uh, yeah, super good day for the team. Um, bit of a late one to the hotel tonight, but that's all good. And big 22K time trial tomorrow. And what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Anna's gonna give it a red hot crack. Georgie's also been targeting it as well. So um, yeah, and then the rest of us will just do what we can. Um, but yeah, super cool atmosphere on the Tourmalet. Thanks to uh, my friends from Girona for being out there and cheering on that was the highlight of the week and um yeah what a cool day ciao 
Okay, before we do a really, really, like, really brief chat about tomorrow's TT, because Matt and I are standing out in what is not rain, but feels a lot like rain. Tomorrow's... We're going to hear really quickly from Jose about the Kings of Poe and a really hearty Pyrenean stew, which I think would be super nice. I would eat that right now. Yeah. We end the Tour de France femme avec Swift with a time trial of 22.6 kilometers, which is about the same distance I do on Swift per session. This time trial is 200 meters longer than the men's one, but a lot less hilly. We race a loop to the south of Pau. And you might remember this as the birthplace of King Henry IV, who reigned from 1589 to 1610. He was the guy, or the baby, baptized with a drop of wine and a clove of garlic. It is also the birthplace of Jean-Baptiste Bernadotte in 1763. He served in the army with Napoleon, but in, when in 1810 the Swedish king didn't have an heir, he became king of Sweden, thanks to the recommendation of Napoleon. Well, you better have good friends, don't you? His descendants of the house of Bernadotte are also on the throne today in Belgium, Luxembourg, Denmark, Norway, and of course Sweden. They're quite the influential family. But I'm pretty sure these royals would not have eaten what is now one of the signature dishes of Pau and the region. Garbure was essentially a poor man's food. It's a hearty stew, and I'm also not sure this is what the riders will be craving after eight stages. Maybe just pizza or burgers. But here's the recipe anyways. Garbure is a cabbage stew with pieces of potato and meat. The garbure was the daily food of the peasants and varied from one house to the other, depending on the produce from the vegetable garden and the meat available or just left over. Served as a soup or as a made course, the garbure can be adapted to everyone's needs. When it comes to vegetables, anything is possible. Green cabbage or any cabbage, beans, peas, onions, garlics, carrots, turnips, lettuce, chestnuts and nettles. I'm not really sold on the nettles, are you? Well... Let's add some meat then. A duck leg seems nice, but then it could also be the carcass. Some goose giblets, dried pork knuckle, the core of a large ham or a piece of pig's neck. I'm not convinced and we'll give it a pass and go back to my beloved cheese of the Osso Irati from the region we already tasted all the way back at the start of the month. Maybe with a glass of wine to celebrate the end of an amazing month of racing. Because, my dear friends, this is it. We have made it to the last of this series around the Tour de France and the Tour de France Femme. And I hope you enjoyed listening to my pieces on a wide variety of subjects, including kings and cavemen, huge fossils of clams and footsteps of dinosaurs. We drank wine and ate steak, cheese and cake for dessert. There was geology and history from hundreds of million years ago to a mere century ago. We talked about the chickens and the bears and looked at some cycling history with all its heroism. If you enjoyed it and not on, are not a member of Escape Collective just yet, please consider becoming a member to support my writing and ensuring that this series continues for 2024. For now, au revoir et vive le Tour de France. And then uh, an alternative ending, uh, Abby, uh, when we don't have the call to action to become a member. So here we go again. Because this is it. We have made it to the last of this series around the Tour de France and the Tour de France Femme. I hope you enjoyed listening to my pieces on a wide variety of subjects, including kings and cavemen, huge fossils of clams and footsteps of dinosaurs. We drank wine and ate steak, cheese and cake for dessert. There was geology and history from hundreds of million years ago to a mere century ago. We talked about the chickens and the bears and looked at some cycling history with all its heroism. For now, it's au revoir and vive le Tour de France. Tomorrow's time trial is a 22.6, I'm remembering off the top of my head, kilometer long time trial in Poe. There is a climb in the middle of it, but it's not 
not massive, not like a huge, just like a little lump to make sure that it's a little bit more, uh, a little more interesting. It is technical though. There's a lot of winding in the course. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. And I think based on how Marlon Rooster has been riding this week, how she rode today, that she is the rider to beat. Yeah. I'd be shocked if Rusa doesn't win tomorrow. Um, I was speaking to Georgie Howe earlier in the week, Australian on Jaco Lula. Great piece on escapecollective.com. Oh, thank you. Uh, she's targeting that stage tomorrow and is a very strong time trialist. She said that the climb in the middle is steep, but it's short. And so it's still more of a course that favours um, aero rather than what's per kilo kind of stuff. So if you can punch over the top of that, then you'll be good to go. And I think... I'd be looking to how to do a good ride tomorrow. Actually, I think she might surprise a few people, put a name on the on the map tomorrow. Um, but yeah, for me, Marlon Rooster is the, the one to beat for sure. And we'll get to the time trial tomorrow. We have a lot to say, but first, Matt has pulled up the fantasy competition. Tell me how how bad is it? Uh, yeah, so looking at the uh, the escape crew. Um, Andre von Berger, I think that's how you pronounce that. He's uh, taken the lead. Uh, Abby Mickey, it's fourth place. Tantalizingly close. Fourth place. Who's right in front of you, though? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the overall, though, the big hit is Dan N again. Still. In the lead. Yeah, but our boy but Julius Pepperwood is making a comeback. Up one place into second. He only needs three more points. He Ooh. needs four points to, point, to pass Dan N tomorrow. It's coming down to the wire. One stage to go. Has he picked Marlon Rooster yet? Can we see Julius Pepperwood's picks for tomorrow? We cannot. This is this is very exciting. I'm on the edge of your edge of my proverbial seat. <laughs> yeah, cannot wait. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what we do and you like Escape Collective, subscribe to the Escape Collective website. It's six ninety nine US dollars a month. That's a steal, I think, for the amount of content that we've got going in. And I'd pay that for your Taylor Swift article alone. I, I people liked it, and I am thrilled. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; that was the most nervous I've ever been publishing an article. So no, I'm glad that well at least two people read it and thought that it was cool. <laughs> Head on over to escapecollective.com/slash/join and sign up for the Escape Collective. It's like, I mean, if you round up seven seven US bucks a month, that's like a coffee a month at, in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well worth it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. Thanks so much for listening to the Wheel Talk podcast. My name's Abby Mickey. I'm Matt Deneef. 